Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of Acts, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. Welcome to Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hill. So blessed to be with you. I'm Pastor Ryan. The Lord is good to us. Good morning. I believe that the calling of a pastor, a senior pastor, also entails, I believe, a senior pastor's wife. Acts chapter 23 this morning. We'll be beginning in verse 23. And Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness in our life. There's none like you in all the earth. You're the one true God of Moses, who led your people out of Egypt through the Red Sea by parting it with a mighty hand. Lord, there is no wonder that you cannot do. There is no, nothing that is holding you from doing the most mighty, amazing acts. And so, Lord, we pray to you, the true God, and ask that you would pour out your grace as we study your word. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Touch us by your grace, Lord. Give us humble hearts to receive from you. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as you know in our story, the Apostle Paul is bound. He's arrested. He's in protective custody uh, by the Romans in Jerusalem at the Antonia Fortress there in Jerusalem. It was Paul's heart to preach to the Jews there after his third missionary journey. Uh, For he loved his countrymen. And what better place to preach to the Jews than there at their temple, there in Jerusalem, the headquarters of the Jewish faith. It's the very place where our Lord and Savior was, was falsely tried and crucified for our sins outside those gates. And so Paul went there and and they recognized them the jews that had seen him preach in asia and they began to cause a riot and and they laid hands on paul and we're going to tear him to shreds and the romans heard of a riot and they just grabbed paul and stopped the crowds from tearing him apart but it was his heart to reach his own people but as our Lord says of him in John chapter 1 verse 11 that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Interesting that that is the inheritance of the saints of the Lord Christians. That oftentimes we come to our own, we preach the gospel to those closest to us and those closest to us do not receive us. Amen? If you haven't experienced it, welcome to the family of God. Our natural families may not receive what we're preaching the gospel as you know is foolishness to those who are perishing it's foolishness to the world it's an offense because the gospel of jesus christ calls the world to repentance to change from their sins and to have faith in the son of god jesus christ and so paul is in the hands of the romans and there is a plot to kill him now wow more good news for the believer there's a plot to kill him over 40 uh, religious Jews, men, they took an oath not to eat, not to drink until Paul was dead. They came up with a plot to have the religious leaders lie to the Roman commander and say, you want to question Paul a little bit more tomorrow? 
And on his way from the, from the fortress to, to the meeting, will ambush him and kill him. But by God's divine providence, Paul's nephew happened to be in an earshot of their plans. So he told Paul, and Paul said, tell the commander. And the commander said, thank you, young man. And he proceeded to uh, plan to deliver Paul safely to Caesarea to see the governor. He's going to get him out of Dodge, get him out of Jerusalem. Because Caesarea is a fortified, more safer place on the coast of the Mediterranean. And in Jerusalem, it's easy to incite riots and you never know what can happen there guys so he wants to get him out of there and it's God's divine grace and providence and the Lord had appeared to Paul and said to Paul be of good cheer I like that be of good cheer he came to encourage him and again we need that encouragement daily from the Lord especially the way things are going. And I feel like God is saying to you and to me with our personal names, right? As he said to Paul, Paul, you know, be of good cheer. Call them by his name. And God calls us by our name as well. He knows us. He knows our name. He's our father. Be of good cheer. As you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you will in Rome. And so uh, the apostle Paul is in protective custody by the Romans, but not necessarily. He's in protective custody by the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I, no matter what we're facing in this insane world, are divinely protected by Jesus Christ. It is protective custody. Nothing can touch you without permission from the Lord. And there's great confidence in that. And we are his children and he loves us as a father. And so he's about to send them, and it says here in verse uh, 23, And he called for two centurions, saying, Prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night and provide mounts to set Paul on and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And so we see that the commander is not about to take chances with his uh, Roman prisoner. He's not going to take chances. He realized he was almost in grave trouble because he was preparing to have Paul scourged, abused. And he was an uncondemned Roman. He didn't know he was Roman. But once Paul said, hey, is it legal for you to do that to a Roman? And then he backed off. Now he wants to treat Paul you know, with, uh, what do they call it, with gloves, with uh, kid gloves? So now he's being really careful, providing an extraordinary amount of security. He's having 470 men, that's two, two centurions, two commanders, if you will, of, of 200 soldiers and 200 spearmen. And he's having them leave in, at 9 p.m. to avoid crowds and ambushes it's a very uh windy road leaving from jerusalem it's easy to 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 be ambushed in and so he's taking extra care and from jerusalem to caesarea is about 60 to 70 miles guys it's 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 a far uh trek and um to get to the coast from jerusalem to to joppa 
is about 28 miles. And then from there, another seven miles to a place called Antipetrus, which is going to be mentioned here. And then they're going to, the following day from there, go another 27 miles to Caesarea. So it's a long trek. And there's a lot of soldiers, and it's extraordinary care. Would you agree? Amazing. And so we do see the Lord's extraordinary care upon Paul. And we should meditate on that reality concerning our lives, that God takes extraordinary care for those who are in his will. Paul the Apostle is in the Lord's will. And God's will has found him in a place where he's accepting chains for his wrists and imprisonment. And yet, because Paul is in the will of God and his faith has, has gotten him to that place, even in chains, God's going to protect them extraordinarily. And I do feel when we step out in faith, we can expect the same extraordinary care and protection. In Psalm 91, verse 10 through 14, I, I quoted it last time, but I quoted the verses before it. I think the verses after are good as well. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. I mean, that's a promise that we need to really grasp today. God has extraordinary care for us. There is no need to live in fear of the circumstances of our country and of the world. And the media is pushing it, as we know. The world is that way. Our neighbors are pushing it. Some brothers and sisters are pushing it. What we should be pushing is, is faith in our God who can take care of us divinely. Don't worry about things. Our lives are in his hands. All he calls for us to do is to set our love upon him. Love God and let us not worry. That is the exhortation. Do we desire extraordinary protection? Do we desire extraordinary blessings and divine help? Be in the will of God. Like I said, Paul lived out his, his faith in action. His faith accepted chains for the furtherance of the gospel message. I mean, we read about Paul and and I know there's those who say, you know what, that's his life, not my life. But didn't he say, follow me as I follow Christ? Amen. I mean, his example of willing to suffer for the gospel was an example for us. Maybe not to literally be in chains and go to Rome, but at least have some faith to believe that God will take care of us and to continue to serve him as the Lord tarries. There's work to be done. Works of faith. We serve a God who desires us to continue doing and operating in actions of faith. It's not time for us to rest on our laurels. To rest in our laurels means to be satisfied, to be satisfied with the actions of faith in the past. 
For those of us who have been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, we have a history of acts of faith, of service to God. And I believe that God wants us to, to continue to work and to occupy until he comes. Not to stop and say, well, back in the day I was involved. Back in the day I stepped out in faith. Well, today's a new day. And like the world says, what have you done for me lately? The world says that. And I believe the world is wise to say that. Because the Bible, you know, talks about the Lord taking us from faith to faith. In Romans 1 verse 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Faith to faith, as we serve the Lord, as we walk with God by faith, he reveals more and more of his righteousness to us. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Turn with me, please, to James. James chapter 2, the back of your Bibles. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. Give me an amen once you're there. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give him the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I mean, as believers in Christ, if God has given us any form of strength to get out of our beds, should we not say, Lord, what would you have me to do today? And to seek out within our churches what needs are there? And to humble ourselves and to say, Lord, use me? I'm not, you know, and, and we all have our, our, our weaknesses. We all have our trips. We all have our ideas of why we, we can't or we're excused not to or, you know, it's not our cup of tea or whatever. You know, it, it, our Lord hung on the cross and he washed feet. So how can we be okay with the excuse of it's just, I'm not a people person. Well, you know, God, God calls us. God calls us and then he equips us. He strengthens us. He changes us. And he, he divinely protects us and provides for us. And a lot of us are hurting with provisions because there's no doing and just sitting. Faith doesn't sit. Faith doesn't just rest. It says, Lord, here I am. Use me. I'm still alive. Uh, we'll rest when we get to heaven. And so he wrote a letter, verse 5. Claudius Lysias wrote this letter, the commander of the Romans. 
It was Roman law uh, for a subordinate to write a letter concerning a prisoner when he was sending his, the, the prisoner to his superior. And so here we have this beautiful letter that the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, gives to us. Luke was a doctor, and so it's a very precise uh, record of this letter that the commander is sending with the guys and Paul down to Caesarea. And so he says here, to the most excellent governor, Felix. Well, who's Felix, you ask? Felix is Antonius Felix, and he was the governor of Judea from 52 AD to 60 AD about. And uh, Felix had been a slave prior in his life, but gained the status of a freeman under the emperor Claudius. His brother was a friend of the emperor, and so Felix's political career blew up in a good way. It, it thrived because his brother was friends of the emperor. Felix was known as uh, indulging in whatever perversion he lusted after. Um, the historian, the Roman historian Tatticus, wrote concerning him that he had the he had the, or he used, he exercised the powers of a king with the character of a slave. So he wasn't a highly looked upon individual. He was also husband of Drusilla, which was the sister of Herod Agrippa II. So he was married to a, to a Herod in Drusilla. And he was from Cilicia, which was the same region where Paul the Apostle just happened to be from. Isn't that how things work when the Lord is working in our lives? Paul's about to go be on trial before the governor of Judea, Felix, who just happens to be from the same region that he's from. It's crazy, God's timing how he does that. I know there's more than a few in my uh, history of being a Christian of running into people who uh, have wanted the favor of judges in their life. I've prayed for more than a few. Well, those from my region will get it a lot quicker. So here's the letter. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them. Coming with the troops, I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. And when I wanted to know the reason they accused him, I brought him before their council. I found out that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but had nothing to but had nothing charged against him, delivering of death or chains. And so here we see him first, you know, just telling the story as he sees it, but he, he leaves out the part that he was, a, he was preparing to scourge a Roman citizen, so he leaves that out. And verse 29 really sums up the importance of his letter when he says, but nothing but nothing charged against him deserving of death or change. So Paul's innocence is in this letter, which is great because with our Lord, he was innocent. Jesus died. He who had no sin died for the sinful, us, so that his righteousness would be bestowed upon us. He was a lamb without blemish that was given up the reason why Jesus could save us from our sins is because he's God, but also because he was sinless and is sinless. 
And in the Old Testament, when they dealt with the covering of sins, it had to be an unblemished lamb, perfect. And it was a shadow of the Lamb of God who would come and die in his perfection for our sins. And it was a trial that he was not guilty of. And the same for Paul. These charges are, Felix finds no, or not Felix, but Lysias says that he's, he's innocent of these things, in other words. So, in the same sense, did not the Lord say to us in the Mount of Beatitudes that we are blessed when they persecute us and they say all kinds of false things concerning us for his sake? False things. False things. Blessed are you. As if they're going to happen as we walk with the Lord. As we put our, our, our neck out and step out in faith and stand for his morals in this dark world. The more we do it, the more likelihood people are not going to like it and not like you or I. And are, are likely to say false things up against you and me. And we need to be careful. To not be discouraged when it happens. To almost see it as an absolute badge of honor that we would be counted worthy that someone would speak falsely about our character as they did the Lord, as they did Paul, as they did Peter, John, all of them. We can't be any different, especially in these days when you stand up for truth in this world. Be blessed. When things don't work out, understand that that's not that God is upset with you. It's, it's, it's that God is pleased with you. I found out that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but had nothing charged against him deserving of death or chains. And when it was told me that the Jews lay in wait for the man, I sent him immediately to you and also commanded his accusers to state before you the charges against him. Farewell. Then the soldiers, as they were commanded, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipetrus. And the next day they left the horsemen to go on with him and returned to the barracks. And when they came to Caesarea and had delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. And when the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. And when he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you when your accusers also have come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's Praetorium, where there was uh, jail cells there for him to be held. But what's, what's cool is that, you know, Paul got a quick little preliminary hearing uh, with Felix, and uh, no doubt it was because they were from the same region, and he just had to see, maybe knew him or recognized him. So he had this kind of a wonderful, kind of quick uh, meeting with Felix. Verse 1 of chapter 24. Now after five days... Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain orator named uh, Tertullus, an orator which is basically a lawyer who can speak very eloquently uh, concerning matters of law and their religion. And so uh, they've, come, they've come with the, with the big guns against Paul. And these gave evidence to the governor against Paul. 
And when he was called upon, Tertullus began his accusation saying, seeing that through you we enjoy great peace and prosperity, is being brought to this nation by your foresight. We accepted always, always and in all places most noble Felix with all thankfulness. Nevertheless, not to be tedious to you any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. And so we see here that the lawyer eloquently begins to flatter the governor Felix. Oh, flattery. Flattery, flattery, flattery. The word flatter may come from the root of flat. To make smooth, to appease, to soothe. The Latin word is plaado. Perhaps flat and plaado are from one root, the radical sense of which must be to extend or to strain or to stretch to soothe to, by praise, to gratify self-love by praise or obsequy. I walked into that. I prepared and I should have broke that down by syllables, but I did not. <laughs> to please a person, my English will get better. By the time we get to heaven, it'll... <laughs> to please a person by applause or favorable notice, by respectful attention or by anything that exalts him in his own estimation or confirms his good opinion of himself. It means to please, to gratify, as to flatter one's vanity or pride, to praise falsely. The Proverbs teaches us in Proverbs 29.5, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. I think it's unbecoming for Christians to flatter anybody. There is no need for us to play games and to falsely praise people in order for us to receive some benefit because we are a people who believes that all things work together for good who love God and are called according to his purpose there's no need to flatter man because God is already working good things out for me amen so faith says there's no need to falsely praise it's good to praise people and to bless people and to say good job and give out a boys but without seeking anything in return from them agape love says good job amen so watch for that. Don't let anybody flatter you falsely. You know they're buttering you up for, for something. I beg you to hear by your courtesy. Imagine that. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m., or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Ch-